Welcome to MROC Film Club, where we're mostly regarding Asian cinema. We are a weekly film discussion group. We cover one film a week, one theme per month, playlist curated by us, the members of the film club. And who are we? I'm your de facto host, Raguchi, Professor Frankenschatz. And with me, as always... From the back countries of Maine, Brian. Yeah, uh, science bitch. And from Rhode Island, we got Pete. Yeah, Pete from Rhode Island. <laughs> and from the state of Asia, Marco. I, I, I am drinking a soda water. Thank you. Okay. So I should say that my uh, that moniker for this week was courtesy of a Michael Stanislawski from the Land of the Creeps podcast Facebook group, which I, I posed the question for for a moniker. I got a lot of um, suggestions. A lot of them have to do with shots, and because that's kind of like my thing over there. I don't know how you guys feel about Professor Frake and shots versus Raguch the Ripter or Ragosti. I like them all. Uh, I, shots is I, great. Yeah, yeah, Frank and shots is is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to try them out, kind of like hats. You know, each week we get a new hat. It's a bit frat boyish, but. Yeah, you know, the professor part, though, I mean, gives adds a bit of sophistication to it as, a, as an educator, you know. But you were a frat boy in college, so. Listen, let's not let's not go back there. We, we might have some college stuff, actually, uh, you know, pertaining to this film that uh, might come up later. Which will let's let's I'll, I'll let you sit with that, but uh, this film, what do we, this week we got it's a peat month, and we got what is this film this month we have uh, this week we got Shock Corridor. Now, actually, before we get to the film, I don't know if we want to talk about like so this this is a special month because Pete's got a mystery theme, and my like we can go we can get into what we think it is. I got I got theories, but is it something other than Pete? Just the mystery is that you're doing mysteries. Um, th that's actually it. That's just very mystery. meta. The, <laughs> very yeah, meta. the um, I'll I'll put it to you this way. My my slides, my slide title is the the theme of the month is a mystery. And yeah, that's but it. you know, like like Marco mentioned last week, like is this a red herring? Um, to be de to be determined, but we can talk about that a little at the end of this uh, I, talk and we could talk about next week. I, I actually, I did throw this in the chat GPT. I was like, okay, are there any common themes between the last week's film and uh, green for danger and, and this week's film shot corridor. And so I've got some theories derived from AI. Well, well we do have some, some uh, one connection I see is war, 
Like there is like war, a theme of war going through these films, not to get too like deep into, you know, the theory of the film yet, but. Um, and they're each in a different, we got England and now we got United States. So Pete, get introduce before yeah. we get into it, get, get, do your, the, the synopsis. What is Shaw Corridor 1963? Okay. Awesome. So uh, the movies we're watching this month so far, we're going, we're looking at, um, mystery movies from mid-century um and we're this week we watched samuel fuller's shock corridor um and the the movie was it was pretty much about a a journalist who wants to he wants to solve a crime a, a murder that happened in a mental institute but it's not that he wants to just solve it he wants to write an article that will make him famous and they were really focused on that, that he wants to win a Pulitzer, which seemed a little corny, but um, it's the 60s. So they they really put a lot of thought into this big scheme, and he actually does get um, put into the mental institute as a crazy, I don't know, what's the way to say this? I don't know. As, as a person that needs some help, right? So um, <laughs> the, te- the technical <laughs> term is, the technical is Looney Tunes, I believe. Yes. Yes. So, um, so, so the movie is about him committing himself to the mental Institute, but, but going through this uh, journey of trying to, of interrogating the patients and people in there to solve who committed this murder. Um, And and we're brought along this story with another character who is hit, who is pretending to be his sister that he beats in real life or that he abuses sexually and um but but really she in real life outside of this act they're doing she's really his girlfriend or, and there might be more to their relationship there so we're we're brought through this story to see like the struggle the anxiety it's causing on her and him and and we get to meet a lot of great characters and we get to try to figure out if you can solve a mystery here so that that's that's uh my overview the week and we should say that um the the lead guy johnny barrett he's played by peter breck and kathy his sister slash girlfriend girlfriend slash sister is played by constance towers and i try to figure out if she what they were in Um, i didn't notice anything from johnny barrett but kathy was in general hospital for many years uh, or constance towers not the character kathy gh 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 yeah who doesn't love gh yeah yep she was in before this she was in uh western movies directed by john ford and um opposite of john wayne so that that was sort of where she comes from before this movie a attractive female who's uh she's she's got some great outfits in that great outfits but before we get to that who's who's does anyone want to start as far as like initial thoughts on the film I can start. I'll start. Go for it. I'll start. So when I started, I sat down to watch this and uh, I was just thinking about what, like, what is a peat month, right? How would you never know when you, what you get with the peat month, right? And a lot of times on paper, the film just kind of like, they don't really jump out and wow you, right? They're like, what is that? I've never heard of these movies. We're going to watch them in like Swedish silent film, you know, and on paper, it just, what I love about them yeah, is like, 
they're never a movie that I would like go like seek out on my own. But after watching them, like, hey, you know what? That was kind of a find. I mean, we can go back to playtime. We can go back to like the first time I watched a Charlie Chaplin film was was a couple a couple months ago, and that was great. The circus. And for this one, it was kind of the same thing. I was watching it, and yeah, just how it started off. One one thing I noticed right off the bat is, I mean, it's a ridiculous scheme, but I love I love mental hospitals. I worked at a psychiatric hospital, which is where uh, when I was in college, which where well, we filmed one of our first movies. We filmed one of our <laughs> first movies. Yes, where I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name the the mental hospital, but. It was, it was star. It was, but it was uh, in Massachusetts. Oh, it, sorry. Was in, it was in, in Massachusetts. It might or may not have been uh, the, the hospital that was featured in girl interrupted the film with, um, who isn't girl interrupted. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. And yeah, but anyway, they had these underground tunnels, which were, and someone might've gotten into a, an old monkey cage, a used monkey, experimental monkey cage with a creature from Black Lagoon mask. Anyway, we'll cover it one day on on here. But I love stuff that takes place in a psychiatric ward. And I thought, yeah, like Pete said, they had some great characters. And I went into this blind not knowing what what it was about. And I was kind of really thrown for a loop by this by this stripper with like this really educated stripper. She started off talking about like, oh, yeah, Mark Twain never psychoanalyzed uh, Huckleberry Finn. And then next, you know, she's she's, you know, she's in a cabaret show. And I'm like, where is this going? And yeah, it was I I'm not to you know give away. I'm not giving away my rating quite yet, but I was I was in for the ride uh, for this. It's funny, too, because we just watched some uh, David Cronenberg and his movies like always have this weird plot with psychoanalysis and like hospital uh, staff abuse. So I feel like this movie is just like this blend of it's like a perfect connector from Hitchcock to Cronenberg. It's like the 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 it's like the movie in between them. So and it was still I got sixties vibes. That's a great point. And I got some sixties vibes from 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 the actor. He seemed he's very like hammy. Like I did, I did, I did appreciate his performance, but it was kind of that like '60s more hammy role. Did did he remind you of any? I, I'm thinking actually, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, um, he kind of the guy kind of reminds me of. Uh, oh no, uh, Charlie Ebenezer, Sheen. Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I'm, I also Murray. Ebenezer Scrooge, but but Char Charlie Sheen. He's definitely got kind of a Charlie Sheen sort of vibe to him. I was called back to last week because you said this exact same thing during the introduction last week. Hey, didn't this guy remind you of somebody? No, but that was, was the actual movie. actor. That that's that's different. <laughs> no, that that was not Charlie Sheen in, in this film. It's like, yeah, it just it brought me memories of Platoon. Really brought me back to my early childhood. <laughs> Staying up late the night before Christmas watching Platoon. And he, he does have that. I can see the Charlie Sheen. He's got the uh the like the the, the smooth kind of the hair that comes out and the poof or whatever. Mark, yeah, what would you totally think? do a remake? Um, yeah, I, I mean, overall, uh, really, really interesting subject matter. Um, you know how how sort of accurate the portrayals were. This is not our first encounter with um, 
um, mental illness uh, kind of displayed on on the big screen. Although it is one of the earliest, as as I understand it. But um, I what I thought what I did think was interesting was was basically sort of the uh, the repression of the the primary, um, I guess, uh, trauma uh, that was uh, caused to the patient, kind of. Uh, emerging as the that particular mental illness so as they're trying to process or, or deal with some form of ptsd that they're having with their their actual uh what do you call it um uh i forget my terms the that that particular mania that they they represent is in somehow it's almost like a mirror of whatever trauma that they've been through uh it's it's also I don't know if anybody noticed this may have been uh, the first Clayton Bixby uh, example within cinema. If anybody remembers episode one, season one of Chappelle show. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, I couldn't, I, uh, I couldn't get, get over that. Uh, the, the first uh, black white supremacist. Um, <laughs> Great sketch. Yeah. Uh, so I was on was, an airplane was... watching this, and I'm like, "Oh man, I hope people are watching over my shoulder." Would be like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> the guy's holding yeah. up the sign. I'm like, "Oh, this is it. They're gonna they're gonna make an emergency stop and drop me off this plane." Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That was uh, that, that was that was very entertaining. Oh, over. I I had no I didn't know about this film. I didn't know realize its importance importance to to cinema. Um, the use of of both black and white and color in a 60s film and and using color to represent a psychological state i thought was very innovative and, and creative and overall uh yeah yeah again i i as as i've stated before pete the uh the dark horse of the film club always choosing movies that none of us would would you know ever think of yeah i, I do um i do uh I do appreciate that. Um, let, let me give a slightly different take here. Um, so, wow, what, what an incredible arc that my emotions went through during this movie, because I, I thought it was when I when I saw the first scene of the movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be a solid one. Right. The first I thought the first scene was really good. Uh, the acting was good. People were good. The, the storyline was good. You know, the very idea of the movie was good. Um and from that point forward, it, I was I found it very difficult to get into the movie. Very for 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 a couple reasons. Number one, and I get you know it's an early movie, so I am I am a bit more lenient on criticizing them for their accurate portrayal of mental health. That being said, it's still really difficult to get into a movie where there are clearly you know there, there are people are clearly trying to quote act crazy. Um, I find it really difficult to get into that because I'm like I the whole time I'm I'm thinking this is not how a mental hospital is, you know I I and again I give credit because this is what 1950s 1960s so that's a long time ago. The second thing that made it really difficult for me to get into this movie was they kept the mystery a mystery, so I knew nothing about the murder. I knew nothing about the guy murdered, why he was murdered. I had no details about that, so I really didn't care about the. The, about him trying to solve the case. And I get it that the movie wasn't, you can argue it wasn't necessarily about him trying to solve the case. It was actually about his journey 
to insanity. Um, but still, I feel like it was—it really was a—it gr- was a great setup for a for a murder mystery. Mystery, a great setup. They just never taught us anything about the murder, so we just go through monologue to monologue. And and I'm like, I don't care because I don't know who was killed. I don't know why he was killed. I don't know why you're trying to find, other than you want to win a Pulitzer Prize. But it's good. We get to see the guy's journey into slow decline into insanity. But I, I just I couldn't get into it. And I loved the premise and I loved the opening scene. And then the acting was good with the exception of the over the top, you know, monologues. But I'll yeah, stop. Yeah. Do you, do you think there was there was a point to that in order to, to kind of perhaps like remove empathy? from the main character because if we if we actually did understand um sort of the background and and the importance of the murder we might be a little more invested in what he's trying to do but we're actually supposed to see him as uh maybe a a a more narcissistic type character who just eventually descends into madness for no reason whatsoever yeah, yeah, no doubt. Oh no, they they definitely yeah. They I agree. They were successful in doing that, and and precisely because you know precisely because they gave they they particularly gave no details about the murder. So you're only invested in this guy's descent into madness. Which again, like, fine, that's the point. But I guess I'm just a. I was really excited to watch a murder mystery, and I, and, I, and like the setup is great, and the entire concept of what the guy was trying to do. I'm like, oh, this is going to be super awesome. And then, and then the murder just takes like the mystery just takes a backseat the whole time. So you wanted a you wanted a Sloan backstory. You wanted more to know about the Sloan killing. I hesitate to say that only because I don't want to change the intent of the director, right? Because if the intent of the director was exactly what Marco said, he, in, he intentionally did not give us too many details about that, which I, I'm guessing was intentional, right? You don't create a murder mystery movie and then forget to tell about the murder. So that obviously is intentional. Well, I think I think that is the like you you said that was the whole point of it. I think was his descent into madness. So it wasn't mm-hmm. really, you know, and in focus was really, really more even more so on his like his descent to sadness and the other characters. I thought I mean I thought there were great characters. The uh, those three crazy folk. Um, yeah, the, the the three characters, the the focus on them was actually another big big, um, I guess, point of the movie, because they were supposed to reflect uh, social problems in America uh, when they spoke when they spoke like sanely. Um, you had communist hysteria, racism, and nuclear annihilation. So that so that was actually supposed to be the other the other big point about the movie, aside from. The main character story you, you could also kind of make the argument that because he's in there like you get the sense he, he's only in there for his own selfish reasons like he just wants to to like uh, get this pulitzer prize from there you can kind of move on to well well how how deeply does this man understand his own identity that his whole life pursuit is some you know something that has to be handed to him and what does that say about his his awareness of self and and respect for self and and does that lack of you know true identity or lack of secureness in one's own being allow for a much easier descent into the madness because now you're getting caught up in different identities when you're actually um you know in in that particular environment so 
I mean, you could you could also make that argument as well. Yeah, maybe maybe this was just more of a bait and switch. Whereas, like you know, you get me, I got all pumped up for a murder mystery, and then it, all of a sudden you realize, like seventy five percent of the way through, you're like, maybe this isn't about a murder mystery at all. <laughs> right? Were, were you thrown Were you thrown off by the um? The inner monologue, because I thought that was a little corny too. But and I, but I didn't know. Do you fine. think that was throwing you off a little bit? No, I think it was fine. You know, you know what? What I didn't like, I thought that I actually thought the monologues droned on a little bit. I thought they were a little bit long. I thought, I thought, you know, all right, I get the points. Like, let's move on. I get it. You're crazy. You know what? What next? So I thought. I, I thought I they actually, a little bit. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking maybe what he was trying to do was the the inner monologue, like the inner dialogue of him thinking to himself was eventually going to turn into voices. Um, that was left a little ambiguous. I, I I I didn't feel like there was any any clear switch there. Or just but, like, but they okay, did. Now he's- but they did use it. They did use the inner monologue to show you the change happening within him. I thought that was cool where he was just like, I can't talk. Why aren't I talking right now? Just say the gun, say it, say it, say it. So I, I, I personally, um, I felt like Brian for the first half of the movie, but the second half of the movie, I actually like, I got into a lot more after the, probably after the, uh, the racism part, I think all of a sudden, like the whole movie seemed a bit more elevated and like stronger for me. So you got into it right when they started talking about racist stuff. Um, it's the hook pretty much the hook no it was it was but that was a powerful scene and and there were a lot of powerful scenes from there on i'm saying well i think after uh, after that first guy and it's the second one so the first one was the was the confederate soldier guy oh the communist we use the communist right was that the first guy the one that went it was in the korean war and then the then yeah, racism yeah. so then once it got to that point like oh this is kind of like a trend because this was the 60s, right? So each of those three people is supposed to represent something that's going on, like a, a hot topic in the in the country at that time. You know, civil rights, the Korean War, which would have just finished in the 50s, and then third one, Nympho- Nymph- Nymph- Nymphomania, the third. Do, do, let's let's huge concern in the we, 50s. We're let's, hold, let's let's shelve the nympho talk for because I got that's on the shelf for later, right? That that's 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 been given a special note for, for later. Yeah, that's 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 the, the new segment. <laughs> nympho. So, re- so really this this guy, this was kind of like the Wizard of Oz. This guy was just this guy was Dorothy, but he never escaped Oz. He never he never clicked his heels three times and, and he visited he met his three friends he visited his three different themes and but he never actually got out. Yeah, there you go. There's a there's a connection. the original the original one flew over the cuckoo's nest. There's another one. It was like a Wizard of Oz meets One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, meets Viral Interrupted. Hey, I, I also also wanted to bring attention to is that a wooden spoon? Uh, I. I <laughs> I, it's a fly swatter. I wanted to bring attention to uh, uh, this has come up in film club before. Uh, as we know, when when your your partner or wife tells you that it's a bad idea, don't go there. You should probably listen to her. <laughs> yeah, hot. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a trend in film club because she yeah. was she. She had, uh, she was, she was, she had all the good ideas, except for the one where, hey, I'm going to give him electroshock therapy to, to to convince him not to do this. 
I felt like that wasn't a good decision. Poor judgment. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, poor, poor judgment. And also, while we're on the topic, what, what, like doctors and police aren't able to connect that they're not related? Like that I was, had that a was one thing I was this. wondering. Okay, no, Rigucci. Okay, suspend wait, wait, disbelief. Okay. You get a suspend disbelief. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Guys, no, before, so, before, no, no, I got something. So I was thinking, I was okay. like, okay. First, I thought this is ridiculous because how do you not know somebody as brother and sister, right? This, there are records, there are this. But then I thought, I, I actually just finished rewatching Band of Brothers. And, um, you know, you you hear about all these stories of people join, joining the military and lying about their age. And I'm like, oh, wait. If you're able to, like, fool the military about how old you are, maybe there actually wasn't a, a coherent system of records for them to tap into, right? So maybe maybe actually it is easy to to fool them into thinking your brother and sister. Well, that was like in, in the Hitchcock film when um, was that uh, was it Psycho? Like she she drives into the other state. And I was just like, okay, she's home free because there's there's no sharing of records between states at that time. Yeah, I so I think that I actually think that I I, I at first criticized that, but then I thought more about it. And I'm like, you know, I I think this is probably legit at that time. So on him going crazy. What I appreciated about that was, so I kind of, you know, in this kind of movie, like, oh, he's going to go crazy, right? Like, that's what's going to happen in the end. And he's not going to serve the, the, solve the murder. But what I appreciated about this is he did solve it. Like, he still mm. solved it. Like, that, like, there were still twists in this, even though it's like, oh, you know, he's going to go insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah the, the confession was a little disappointing itself, but... The, the twisty oh, ears, that he was twisting Wilkes ears until he uh until he confessed. No, yeah. but the, and the guy Wilkes, the guy Wilkes, if you look him up, his like whole career was being a stunt man. So to see the fighting in the end and knowing that wow, this guy's in his element. He he's literally <laughs> a stunt man that got thrown into this actor or that got this actor role. And so he did awesome there. Oh well, yeah, and so the, also go on. They, they needed that for the scene where he gets dragged across the entire table, knocking all the food off. <laughs> I made a note of that. I made a note of that. Of That is like a classic, a classic like gag is when you just drag somebody across the entire table, knocking the food. <laughs> I, I I was thinking this is this was like the, the they live fight scene, like that caliber of fight scene before they live. What's they live? We're the, gonna have to watch that together. The, well, your buddy there, Roddy Roddy Piper, and um, and that 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 fight scene they with they got the the dark glasses and they see the aliens. This is actually embarrassing because he's my favorite wrestler. Yeah, he was he's in that movie, and I, that that's what kind of that that I think it's that that was one of the things that started his downfall in WWF at the time. That oh had really? Been, Vince McMahon was pissed that he was out doing a movie. He got pissed at Hogan for doing a movie too. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting factoid. Yeah, the yeah. classic line. Um, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, but I'm out of out of bubblegum. Bubble, bubble Is that how it goes? I'm 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 all out of I I'm yeah I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. No. Not just your favorite wrestler, your favorite your favorite actor, right, bro? Roddy Roddy Piper. <laughs> yeah, Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, I mean, I did love Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit was a phenomenal segment in in WWF wrestling 
I dressed up as him for Halloween one year, uh, in 2011. For the listeners at home, the show is called Piper's Pit. Piper's Pit. You fucker. <laughs> okay, so I thought I thought that Blake was pretty crazy to 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 leave his woman. It, feel, it sounded like he had a nice cushy life, and he's he's. I, I just think that's too big of a risk to take. I don't. I think you know cares about the Pulitzer. Well, that's that was the whole point. His ambition, his ambition just drove him to this, and it's what drove him crazy. What is the 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 whole that that's my big takeaway was that the places make you crazy, like because this was this was supposed to be even like at the time I guess in the sixties very very topical but like it's a crazy world a crazy country, and that that like it will make you crazy it will have an effect on you places have an effect on you. And well, it, not and, only, and not only the place, but the fact that he spent about a year training on how to act crazy with, with a professional psychologist training him on how he should act to be perceived as crazy. So he was like a prof- professionally trained insane person. Right. Doc, oh, trained was, by Dr. Wong. A, yeah, different twist right there. I think this is a perfect time to get to um, see what little segment we like to call QQ says. So why wouldn't a cat make a good journalist? Because of the tall tales. What? I think I think in my interpretation of that is that like there are there are tall tales and journalists they're supposed to be very truthful and not tell tall tales. And but some cats have short tails though, I assume, right? Oh, uh, you have to ask QQ. I don't know. She's oh. she's a little yeah. I don't know, she's a little self-conscious for that pun. She usually goes blue. She went clean at least. Wait, she's got something yeah, else to it, say. Wait. Is she afraid of heights? Like ah, oh. Fuck Pete's dog. Wow. Oh, QQ just l- leaning into a classic zinger. Okay, so you want to talk about the nymphos now? Let's talk about the nymphos. That's a, a great segue because that. <laughs> That's where the movie lost Brian. Brian's like, oh, awesome murder mystery. He, he acted a little too scared to be in a room of women like that. I'm sorry. That's just. Well, he was bandaged up. They did a number on him. It doesn't look like he was enjoying it that much. Yeah, they were eating him. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't put up much of a fight. I, I mean, yeah, he just he just kind of like laid down and and took it as a, a, a presumably scratched up his face. I got it. I mean, I we. We can do quotes now because I have a quote directly connected to this. Did anyone else write down a quote? Go I probably it. wrote down the same sure. quote. All right. Let's see if it's the same quote. I wrote down. Um, I used to work in the woman's wing, but the nympho world got too dangerous for me. That was, <laughs> that was a quote by Wilkes, <laughs> which I didn't quite. I, I didn't know if it was meant to be taken literally until that until the scene. 
that I was like, oh, I could see how those nymphos could be dangerous. And I love how when he's in that room trapped with them, he's walking toward another door saying, that door, it better be open. And all I'm thinking to myself is, okay, no, they're locked in a room for a reason. That door will not be open. <laughs> but it was sort of funny. Oh, and on that, yeah, I meant to say on that that inner dialogue, I, I was kind of on board for that. That was a way to let us know what he was thinking, what, what was going on, especially because he turned into a mute, right? And you saw that, like, how do you show that in the in this film that he's going to turn, that he's becoming mute by him? I said, why can't I talk? And, and stuff like that. And obviously he can't, he's got nobody to talk to in there. So he's just thinking to himself. So that, that made sense for me. I, I actually I forgot to look up uh, if, if nymphomania was was actually considered to be a uh, uh, what do we call it an, an actual health. Yeah, I mean I don't know where else they would have come up with that idea. It must have been because that just doesn't seem like it seemed like a decent sized part of the movie. So at that time, it must have been one of the fear societal fears, you know. Probably some like male insecurity that 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 their wife was going to cheat on them, and so they basically took you know any and maybe any woman who had those desires, they just simply called it a disorder. Well, and this was they were much more evolved at this point from previously when they just drilled a hole in your head to let the to let the the demons out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it 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 was it was at one time actually considered uh, to be. Uh... Uh, um, an actual mental health diagnosis. Yeah, and Gene, I, I would love, I would love for you to go back and find out the psychiatrist that came up with that, and found out, and find out if he came up with it after his wife figured out he was a shitty husband, and she just found somebody else. Uh, uh, and then yeah. he was the like, you know what? Term, yeah, that seems plausible. The term I, I rooted think that's in nineteenth-century medical language reflected the societal and medical standards of the time, which often pathologized normal female sexual desire. There you go. Boom! There it is. It's fucking male insecurity that that drew that and that probably drew out that entire quote. You know, disorder. Okay. So can can I? I just want to finish my thought on. I I, I just realized I I never got out my my full thought on on this confession. You know, I feel like the guy didn't have to confess. Am I alone on this one? Okay, fine. His ears were being twisted. Okay, I get it. But you have to realize you're working in a psych ward. A patient is attacking you. All you have to do is nothing and and you're going to get away scotch-free. So I really just didn't believe the, the whole the whole I wish they came up with another way to make the guy confess other than that. Oh, let's just what? beat it up him. He he was he was smashing his head into the ground. I, I thought I was going to kill the guy. But at this point, all the other doctors had come around, and they were now hovering over. And the guy probably should realize, oh yeah, you know what? Well, you know, well, in Brett, the moment, Bri, it's good. You know, looking back on it, you, you know, it's kind of like when you watch a replay and and you're in, in sports, and you're like, oh, that was clearly a call, a bad call. But at the heat of the moment, you you, you know, he can't react that way. He didn't know that those doctors were there. I, I don't know. I, I get, but still, when I, I feel like when you commit a murder, you're not, you know, you really commit to not telling anyone that you murdered somebody. Well, nobody twisted his ears. <laughs> yeah, right. Twisting a ear. 
Also, Bri, throughout this movie, throughout this movie, you get the idea that there were like five witnesses because everybody he asked saw it happen. (laughs) Yeah, I saw who did it. (laughs) Yeah, apparently he just did it in front of all the the patients. Three witnesses. They were hiding the label? Yeah, they were hiding. Okay, let's see. I'm looking at my... So I get another note. Um, I got a a guy... uh, One of the guys said... (laughs) puberty yeah i got that one yeah was that um bode bogan bowden was that his name dr bowden yeah i think so we were one of the doctors and he, he oh, was one of the doctors no but was bowden the big guy the, i think bowden that's the, that's what i was thinking of i really like the big guy i have doctor as he interrogates dr bowden he loses oh Maybe I I don't know. Doctor Bowden loses control of his voice. Oh wait, Doctor Bowden. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure actually. I should know this one. We should all know this one. I have IMDb. Which movie, which movie did you guys watch this week? <laughs> I, um, Playtime. Good, good, good. Okay. I think there was one. The first guy he interviewed. This is another thing. He interviews Trent, right? And like he basically takes one shot at this. This is his very first attempt, and Trent gets all the way to the point where he almost tells him the killer's name and then and then the detective or then the, the reporter is just like ah couldn't get it okay on to the next guy and it's like yo i feel like you can work on this guy for a couple more minutes and get that yeah. name yeah he just kind of gives up uh, after that point it was yeah that's a good point he's right there with such minimal work he got right there Again, I think the mystery was was secondary to the rest of the really was not even second, like tertiary to the rest of the movie, which maybe is why I I enjoyed it so much. I'm not as as not a big mystery fan. I I did. I did find it. uh, uh, I I did enjoy how he right before they have their moments of clarity, their brief moments of clarity, it switches to color. Hmm. That was interesting. Why do you think they did that? Apparently, the well, I know, like technically, it it was stock footage because you couldn't record something. I don't think in color and black and white. So there was like stock. It was stock footage from that that Buddha in Japan. And but yeah, like the reason as to why they did it. I don't know. Does anyone have any theories? I. I'm- I, I don't know. I, I I I just thought it was just a way to to indicate that they were, um, I I mean the, those those sort of like brief lapses and in, back into to sanity where they they could actually have a realistic view of their own life and what they were going through, and then it would, it would switch back to the the black and white, which is a sort of kind of muted, um um interpretation of reality worked for me okay we, we uh, we're dumping our quotes now I, or we're not I, quotes we're dumping our I, notes i i think we're we're doing a note dump and then we'll transition into final thoughts and ratings all right i like the note dump i actually kind of like that as a section all right <laughs> here's a note dump right um <laughs> so when when the reporter the the doctor so Wilkes punched the reporter in the face and the guy then fell into the he fell into the 
fell into the bathtub. Uh, uh, right when that happened, all I thought was, oh, man, he totally ruined that guy's hydrotherapy. I know. Uh, <laughs> guy didn't seem like, no. oh, he seemed no. He seemed perfectly okay with it. You see, he wasn't phased. He was <laughs> he not phased at all. I have a, we can trade off no dumps. So we haven't talked a lot about Samuel Fuller, the director. He was, uh, according to IMDb, he as he was a, a reporter at the age of 17. He was in charge of the events section of the New York Journal. And he was the youngest person ever to be in charge of the events section. And he was a bit of, um, I, I, I watched an interview with Constance Towers, who played Kathy. And she was praised. Did you watch that on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. She was praising yeah. him for like he knew exact like this 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 shoot took ten days so he knew like exactly what he wanted what he wanted to do and he just kind of like boom blasted through it was all done in ten days and it was also done all in one like stage like one location there was no outside locations or anything which I thought was pretty cool and then and he would uh, if he wanted to get other people's attentions he would shoot a blanks out of a gun. Just to like surprise everybody on the set. <laughs> you just shoot up in the air. Unnecessary. No, it worked though. It seemed to work. Oh, I'm sure it worked. Um, he was a bit of a character. The other thing I noticed, uh, or I, the other tidbit I saw online, is that when they did that scene at the end with the the rain and the lightning and everything, that that scene actually ruined the whole set. So I don't, I don't know if they had to film anymore after that, but that was the that was the last scene. Yeah, I okay. did it right at the end. And it was done with fire hoses, I guess. Okay, nice. Um, another thing I... Oh, another thing she said in that documentary is that the corridor wasn't as long as it appeared. So he would have like really short people walking in the background. So you'd, you'd think they were farther away. So yeah, and there was one part of the movie. Did you, you guys, did you notice there was one part of the movie where it's a couple short... A couple of really short people were like walking back and forth really slow, but in like a comical way. So I, I don't know. I, I guess if you watch you watch this movie a couple of times, you probably notice what's happening in the background. Um, find some some nuggets. Cool. Uh, uh, all right. No no dumps. No dumps, um, Marco. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, the 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 first dining room scene when he's complaining that they don't have forks and knives because they'll hurt each other, but they have wooden spoons. Uh, cute stereotypical joke about an Italian mother. Uh, for the <laughs> wooden spoon, one of one of the most dangerous weapons in existence. Uh, wait, 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 but this is there's also that George Carlin sketch. Remember, you ever hear that George Carlin sketch? He's like talking about who's like weapons on an airplane. It's like it's like they don't bring you a knife or a fork, but they bring you a spoon. But you know, you can you can like carve through a pilot with the spoon. <laughs> Yeah, it could do a lot of damage with the spoon. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. Also, the, the character of Pagliacci, I mean, that's got to be one of the most terrifying roommates to have. I mean, he, he looks at any moment, at any moment, he could just strangle the guy. Which guy? Uh, Pagliacci, the, the large gentleman. The opera singer. In the middle of the night, uh, attempts to sing opera. Oh, okay. So that wasn't Bonin. Okay, I get that's why I was confused or I get that. But what well, that was Pagliacci, yeah. That was great. Yeah. He reminded me of a talk about UMD throwback. Uh if like Joey Sticks had let himself go, he would be he would look like a, a Pagliacci. 
Yeah. I, I mean, that's that that would have dri driven me insane every night in the middle of the night being waken up by by a, a, a dude calling himself Pagliacci. I mean, that's got that sleep deprivation is a form of torture right there. I mean, that's, it, is. it is. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go to sleep knowing that that's going to happen. Will he uh, help and then sleep with the gum and, uh, you know, the, the, whole, the whole we all know. Gum yeah, we chew your gum and it relaxes your muscles and then it relaxes the rest of the muscles and then you go to sleep. Great way, great way to ch choke on gum and die in your sleep. <laughs> yeah. But I did like, I mean, it seemed like he was buying into it, right? It, and you kind of got, uh, oh, well, uh, this connects that might have been self-preservation, though. He might have just been like, all right, I need to appease this guy. But then, he, but then at the end, when Pagliacci went back to sleep, you saw him like kind of like chewing and feeling his chin. Like he was by himself and it kind of lingered on him for a bit. Uh -huh. There were times when it would just, it would linger on his face when there was nobody around. And that was really what, like when, when Kathy tried to kiss him when she was visiting and then he, he just like threw her away. But then when he she left, he had this look in his face like he was confused. That's just the, the way I saw it. But there was um, in, in uh, uh, connecting to Breck, one of my notes was that I got off IMDb was that he had a um, he had to be hospitalized due to the physicality of of the of the role after because he just threw himself around so much. I guess he was oh he, he was actually injured. What a weakling! <laughs> what a pussy! That I mean, that's really. I, I actually, I actually just read that uh, during the filming of of Rocky Four, Sylvester Stallone had to be had to be hospitalized because, in an attempt to make the the scenes, uh, the box scenes, boxing scenes look more real, he had Dolph Lundgren actually fight him. Well, that's one way. <laughs> and they had to take him to the he had to go to the hospital because it, he he was his heart was getting slammed in the back of uh the basically the back of his rib cage and it was it was causing um some kind of cardiovascular restriction so we'll yeah get there. We'll talk about rocky month <laughs> future wow. future film club month where we watched uh, the rock movies out of order so uh look at it i you're muted I, I was muted but i said uh, right after police academy month right. <laughs> yeah of course so is is anybody familiar with with the the documentary film Titicket Follies? So Titicket Follies which which was came out a few years later uh 1967 um was basically uh so a, a a 1967 American documentary film directed by Frederick Wiseman it provides an unflinching and stark portrayal of life inside the Bridgewater State Hospital for the criminally insane in Massachusetts. So this was actually a seminal documentary uh, about uh, a mental health facility and, and that came out a few years later. Um, yeah, but that's, it's, it's considered to be one of the most important, like hundred most important documentaries of all time. So that's an actual real life. Uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of look into what, what healthcare for mental health looked like at that time. So it actually would have been a really good companion for this film. Yeah, Pete. Pete, with this lack of supplementals, are we going to have any? 
not I well mean, not, he didn't want to give too much away month, though it is mystery month well are we about ready for uh do we have any more note dumps or are we going to do final thoughts and ratings so we didn't oh, oh, did, I, oh wait, I, have wait, a, wait, I have a close. i have a I have a final thought, or, or I have a thought that could be a note dump here. I was wondering a, a question for you, Anthony. Have you ever been attacked by somebody because the portrait you did of them was so bad? You mean bad as in so realistic that no, like so have bad? you has, has has the portrait you've drawn of every and of somebody ever been so bad that they attacked you? Of course not, Pete, because all of my okay. portraits are beautiful. No, there was okay. that one time that Les Claypool assaulted you. Oh, okay. I, I, that part of the movie was pretty entertaining, though. Wait, wait, hold on. You got assaulted by Les Claypool? Of Primus? Yeah. Wait, this is a story? <laughs> you know, Mark, I, I didn't expect you to, out of all the pieces of bait to take, like that one? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I mean, the timing is right. Like, Primus was big in the 90s. Like, oh, like oh, gonna... oh, that's what convinced you that the timing was right? It is an, obsc it is an obscure thing to throw out there, I guess. I could see Marco being confused. Kind of like, like, totally like you're at a Primus concert, you're up in the front row, and then, like, something actually gets kicked off stage, and you're like, oh, that time you got insulted by, like, totally, totally plausible. Like, when like, I was at the... I was at the front stage of a Primus concert. I did a sketch and I threw it at him. And then he just uh, beat me with his bass. It was just, for him. It was just one sketch thrown at him too many. He's like, so what is somebody going to do a realistic portrait of me? The sketch that Wait, broke so, Primus's back. So so you never actually see the portrait. You don't actually get that because I, good point. I, I, no. I assumed, I assumed it was, it was the portrayal uh was of you know a crazy person or a devil or something that that triggers him and because he's he's in denial about his um worsening uh mental state but you never actually get to see what the portrait is i i i i i noticed that and my my thought was that they just didn't have the budget or or the time or anything to have a real person do a real real drawing or something and it didn't the look budget. realistic enough. Uh, yeah, I guess this was kind of a low budget film. And, you know, it only took 10 days. So that was my guess. I, I don't know, though. This is my guess. Yeah. Not like a Dorian Gray type of um, situation. The guy from the Overlook Hotel. Dorian Gray. There's like a the it's like a class. Oh, oh, no, Dorian Gr Grady. Sorry, it's Grady. Dorian Gray. Yeah. I get it. So so for ratings. <laughs> wait, 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 really, wait, wait, we're really wait, wait, losing wait, our stop. credibility here at the uh, at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the, the meet. Wait, I gotta, I gotta get my quote out, which I, I'm surprised nobody else brought up. Um, my favorite quote from the movie: "I am impotent and I like it." <laughs> there we right, go. So what's there, the quote, Marco? There's the. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Ryan. Um, I got a couple quotes too. Do you guys have any? No, no, go for it. Okay, so one of my quotes is, no more race riots in the corridor, all right? Okay, that's one quote. That sounds like something I would say at school. Every week, 
Every another uh, another quote is when he's talking to the guy who's afraid of nuclear war, and the guy's like, when the guy was actually in like the state of sanity, he goes, "I cannot live with a two week notice, so I've stopped living." Those are my two quotes. Great quote. Yes, that was a good one. That's a great quote, and that that's going to lead us into final thoughts because that I'll start because that kind of reminded me of what I was my final thoughts about the film. So I saw this as when I had my my final reading the film or a couple go a couple ways. It's like the fragile frag, fragility of the human mind and how easily it can break and how your environment can actually cause that. And this is really about the the current events at the time. And like I said before, America will make you crazy. America is crazy. And on top of that, love the characters. Love that first guy, the uh, that performance that guy put on in the hallway, the um, the communist, the defector. Loved all the performances. Didn't we didn't talk enough about um, Kathy's amazing body and singing voice? Great film. About her amazing body. <laughs> Did we not? Did was that when I stepped out when I went for a poo? Were you guys talking uh, about that yeah. nonstop? But I, I loved it. I, I love the film, and I'm gonna give this. We didn't talk about what our rating thing was gonna be, but I guess um, eight. It went up actually. Went from like seven, seven and a half up to an eight out of ten. Uh, Colonel Mustard's with the candlestick in the library, since it's Mystery Month. Marco, final thoughts. Uh final thoughts. Um again, I, I think I think for its time, uh important work for tackling those issues, um, uh, in terms of, of accuracy of, of mental health, given that um uh, the profession itself uh has changed quite rapidly even in, in the last ten years and we're always learning something new, I, I think can be excused for any um, shortcomings in the actual accurate portrayal of, of mental health issues. Uh, the creative use of uh, the medium, adding in adding in the color into a black and white film and disrupting uh, the viewer in that way to, to give a sense of changing perspectives. Um, I, I've, at times, I felt like the... Barrett's character, like there was a little bit of overacting again in um, maybe not quite knowing how to accurately portray a, a mental health patient. But overall, uh, again, another film that I never would have thought to watch on my own that I, I feel like I, I am a, a more well-rounded person for having watched it. I will give it seven and a half Xanaxes out of ten. Um. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I, I think there's a lot of really good aspects of this film. You have all covered them, so I won't I won't bring them up again. Um, my, my critique is just from a per very personal standpoint of me as a human being able to get into it or not. Uh, I wasn't able to get into it um, for the reasons I listed earlier. I just, the depiction of mental health. You're, and Marco, I, I do agree with you, you know, 
this this happened a long time ago this movie was made and and you can ex- there are some things you can excuse and, but just for me i wasn't able to get into it and i thought that the monologues were just too lengthy and too over the top um I, i'm not a big fan of over the top acting and i i thought there was a lot of it in this movie now i'm very glad that i watched it um i think it's worth the watch and i would be interested to see my reaction if i watched it again now knowing exactly what the movie was trying to do I, I, and mean having not have have people strangers on a plane watch me watch this. So <laughs> if I watch this in the comfort of my own home, I do wonder if it would have a different effect. So um, I, I give it I give it two. Let's see, mine's out. My scale is out of five. I don't know. My scale is out of five. So I give it two and a half hydrotherapy baths. Out of five. Yeah, out of five. Pete is our uh, five out of ten mathematician. Oof. So what is harsh oh. rating? Yeah. Uh, uh, three point one four. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go the with high uh, rating. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it um, eight nymphos out of ten. So I, I I think that like the the writing was a little off, but I I love the movie just for what they did with the little they had with like the little budget with the little time with I don't even know how long you took to write this. But I just thought that, like, I thought they they tried to just put a lot in here. You know, it just felt like I felt like there were 10 super entertaining moments. And, yeah, for me, I think the the first third of the movie felt a little weird and clumsy, like Brian was thinking. So um took a while to get into it. But I, I, I enjoyed it for what they were trying to do. And, um how entertaining it was and powerful in some areas okay that's all we got on this one there we go that was Next doc corridor 1963 so pete why don't you tell us what are we watching next week okay um so next week we're we're gonna stick with uh mystery themes and we're gonna stick in the same uh decade but we're gonna switch it up bit we're gonna do alphaville by jean-luc godard and that so that's our next mystery the enterprise guy i might have got his name wrong i don't have imdb up in front of me um but anyways you will have a lot to talk about we've watched one of his movies before we've watched uh les chinois in film club and um Sticking with mystery, but I think at the end of these four movies, we're we're all going to have fun seeing what ties them together as a uh, more common segment of mis- of the mystery genre. See, Marco, red herring. You see that? There, there we have still yet to uncover the theme. So there's a sub theme, and this is the soundtrack. Well, this is pre pre next generation, so this is pre Picard, but we've never we haven't watched a. Uh, Goddard or Goddard? Is it Goddard? We have watched him. We, what did we watch? Yeah, yeah. La Chinoise. La Chinoise. La Chinoise. The uh, Chinese. Yeah. Okay. During uh So this wacky, is uh this is this, comedy. So he's, this so is he's Fr- like the West Anderson of France, right? So this is this is French New Wave, but um it's a mystery from the same sort of time period, so it'll switch up. We're, we're going to come out of the uh, hospital wards now, but we're sticking with mystery. I'm excited. All right, Alphaville. Awesome. It, it'll this, be. This is this is great. This this month is a mystery, and we're, we're just watching mystery. 
film. Oh, no. The funny part was I told Julia, I'm like, Julia, I'll just, the whole theme will be a mystery. And like within the first three or four days, all of you reached out to me and said, Pete, loving your mystery month. And I'm like, damn it. (laughs) I already already solved it. (laughs) Yeah, but but it's funny because I'm assuming we weren't actually talking about mystery as being the theme, right? You were just saying, oh, it's a mystery what your theme is. But anyways. You call it lack of effort. You can call it uh, meta. You can call it, call it whatever you want. But, uh, Take credit for it, Pete. A genius. It's meta. I call it great. I, I call it great. I love Mystery Month, so let's do it. Awesome. Yeah, so far, so good. Um, so that's it. We'll, uh, I, I did, we'll call did, it a wrap. We, uh, did we... Um, um, uh, what does MRAC stand for? We, we said that we already said that we, we said it that. at the top where where we are mrac film club where we're mostly recognizing asian cinema no 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 what, what does mrac actually stand for yeah he just said it i just mostly said re- mostly regarding asian cinema mostly oh, regarding oh, asian God. cinema all right make sure to cut that out i'm i'm i did not sleep last night i i'm, I'm this not, is this is i refuse I'm to not, cut it I refuse to I'm cut anything out. Here. This is I'm not, not being cut out. Here. If anything, it's going in the bloopers. We'll put it in the bloopers <laughs> at the end, if you want. All right. Thanks for thanks for joining us. See you next week. I got I got to come up with like a a closing. You know they can't proper, see you proper. when you're. <laughs> I know when I lean camera. forward, maybe they can hear me better. You're still recording, right? Yeah, uh, we're are. still recording. We're still recording. But uh, before we stop, I just wonder if Marco had any critiques for for my intro. Did the was the intro better this time? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was a little more natural. A little more natural. Because as an intro, you know, it's got to, there's got to be like a a constant, it's got to be a constant kind of script thing. No, it doesn't. But (laughs) I, but I'm making it that. So then just say that it doesn't have to, you're making it that. Well, have you listened to other podcasts? They have like an intro thing. Never, never. All right. No, but anyway, we, if we'll, if you think of a good closing. See ya. See you next week. Yeah, it works. I just I think the outro has been a little rough here, a little bumpy. The outro is bumpy. The outro is definitely bumpy. <laughs> this will this will go on the. We'll edit it in post. It'll go on the bleepers. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right.